You're listening to The Plan Podcast, episode number 38. Creating a business that is eco-conscious, sustainable, or environmentally friendly has become kind of a buzzwordy trend. For small business owners, it can be scary because you're convinced that becoming more eco-friendly could be expensive or even time-consuming. So if you're a business owner who wants to align your business with your personal values or you're someone who has hesitated on starting a business out of environmental concerns, today's episode is for you. We'll talk about what greenwashing means and how to make sure you avoid it. I'll share the seven shifts that I've made in my business to make it more eco-conscious and sustainable, and why it's important to not only focus on your environmental impact, but also your community impact. Thanks for tuning in to The Plan Podcast. We don't know everything, but we're putting together a plan to figure it out, one topic, an episode at a time. If your goal is to live better, do better, or be better, then this is the podcast for you. So grab your favorite pen, folks, and let's make some plans with your host, Danny Bruflot from Time is Honey. All right, Danny, let's get planning. It has been over a decade since I first started my own business, and over the years, my business has changed, pivoted, and transformed just as much as I have. Being able to start my business was a total dream for me. It was like all my childhood dreams came to life. Back to school season was always my favorite time of year, getting all of those new office supplies and like cracking open a new notebook. So I feel like sometimes my job feels like every sixth grade girl's like dream come to life. But at the same time that I was learning about how to start my own business, I was also learning about environmentalism and the huge impact that businesses and corporations have on our planet. For a long time, this stopped me from pursuing my dream and launching my business and my products. I felt like it was impossible to start a product-based paper business that wasn't also adding to the problem of waste and pollution. And my prior experience was in the publishing world, so I saw firsthand all of the waste that was produced by the planner and calendar industry. We'd have products that launched in, you know, September, October, November, and when the clock struck midnight on January 1st, those products would start to expire and lose value. By like late February, our clients would be discounting them, and then by March, we were literally boxing up leftover inventory and taking the products to recycling or trash. At first, I felt intimidated by the idea of trying to make my business eco-conscious. I thought it would be really complex, like lots of paperwork and red tape and research needed, and maybe it would be really expensive, like would I need to be paying a lot more for like recycled or green shipping supplies? But thankfully, I was able to lean on my years of experience working with brands in the green beauty and eco-friendly sphere to figure out simple shifts I could make to build a brand that is better for the planet. One hurdle to overcome when you want to build an eco-conscious business is greenwashing. And this is a term used to describe brands who use buzzy words like green, clean, non-toxic, earth-friendly in order to sell their products, but actually haven't made substantial changes at their production level to have a positive environmental impact. It's really important to root your changes in action. So here are some of the simple adjustments that I've made to my brand structure, products, production, and policies in order to build a business that minimizes its environmental impact and supports communities and initiatives that I care about. So I hope this gives you some ideas for changes that you can make in your own business. So one of the first things I did, and it seemed minor, but is probably one of the biggest impacts I've been able to have, 
was deciding to make all of my products dateless, which means all my planners and calendars are completely undated. As I explained earlier, planners and calendars create a lot of waste because they begin to expire at midnight on January 1st. So by removing dates from my products, I not only made them evergreen, but also innovated in a way that helps my products stand out. Dateless planners actually complement the digital task and calendar management tools that so many of us rely on rather than competing with them. This also makes my products universal so that people in all countries all over the world can use my products by being able to customize the layout of the calendar pages. And then, like I said, since they don't expire, it means I'm not throwing out and recycling unsold inventory every single year. The next thing I did was I ditched the idea of luxury packaging. And I know it can be fun to like get a package in the mail and you know, it's just like beautifully packaged. It has this great presentation, like a little sticker on it, branded tissue paper, the box is lovely, all of that. But something I have learned along the way is that your customers probably don't particularly care about the fancy packaging, right? They rip it open and throw it away. So I just stopped worrying about branded tissue paper and customized shipping boxes. And instead, I just used the free boxes available through the USPS and package all of my orders using leftover newspapers that we collect from our local community. And even though this sounds kind of weird, we have actually gotten so many sweet messages from customers who loved this initiative and had a great laugh over like some of the local stories from my hometown newspaper, which I always think is kind of funny when people write in to tell us about it. So the third thing I did was I embraced digital products. So as a paper goods business, the idea of digital planners or printables can be really terrifying. You kind of um, are made to feel like that's what's going to take over the world and no one's going to buy your paper planners anymore. But rather than vilify the movement toward digital, I chose to just really embrace it. Because if I can offer my product in a way that is not only paper-free, but also instant, which means no shipping, and has a smaller carbon footprint and is maybe more convenient for the customer, like why wouldn't I offer that? And so all of my designs for the most part are available in an instant digital download that you can grab online. I also have tons of free downloads on my website. If you go to dailypageplanner.com, you can access those. The next thing is replacing what I take. So paper is a renewable resource, but only if we replace it. So I partner with an organization called One Tree Planted to plant a tree for each paper product sold in my shop. And not only is this great for the environment, but tying an initiative to my brand has been really great for brand awareness and building connections with both customers and affiliates. So relaying to my customers how many trees we've planted, which at this point is like in the thousands. We have a whole little daily page planner forest out there, um, is such a fun way to just kind of underscore the ways we're helping improve the world together and how much I care about being neutral when it comes to the environmental impact of my business. Have you ever thought about designing your own custom planner to offer to your clients or sell in your shop? If there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's that all of our brains work in unique ways and someone out there right now is looking for the planner in your head. But starting a shop or launching a product is kind of a big deal. Designing it, finding a production partner, marketing, shipping, and logistics. When I was first starting out, I would have loved to have all of this information along with clear steps and vendor recommendations organized in one place. It would have saved me so much time, stress, and money. I've organized everything I've learned about the paper goods industry over the past decade into a simple online course called The Planner Creator. 
I'll help you extract your big idea, show you how to bring your product to life, and introduce you to the exact vendors I use to produce my products. You'll get my price margins and marketing tips, and I'll explain how to take your designs and turn them into digital products that can create passive revenue for your business. I've sold over $130,000 worth of just digital products alone, so trust me when I say that knowing that one little tip can transform your business. If you're interested in learning more, head to plannercreator.com and you can take $50 off the course with the code POD50, P-O-D-5-0. Okay, the next thing I did was I switched the paper that I used to an FSC certified paper. And so not all paper is created equal or harvested equally, we should say. FSC stands for Forest Steward Council Certification, and it's considered the gold standard designation. It means that the trees have been harvested from forests that are responsibly managed, socially beneficial, environmentally conscious, and economically viable. So contrary to popular belief, FSC certified paper does not always cost more, which makes it a great option for small businesses. You might have fewer options for paperweight, texture, and color though, but for the most part, it's a really simple switch to make if you're producing paper products. I also avoid dyes, plastic, and coatings. So while paper products are generally quite environmentally friendly, they can go in the wrong direction really quickly when you start using dyed paper, tabs with plastic coatings, or certain cover materials. So when designing my planner, I focus on raw, chemical-free materials that are all 100% recyclable. This is not only better for the environment, but also for customers who want to avoid fumes or off-gassing due to health concerns or sensitivities. And then last but not least is just encouraging you to think deeply about new products and just avoid adding products to your collection just for the sake of adding them. Every idea that pops into your head doesn't necessarily need to end up on your shelves or in your shop. So think deeply not only about the products you develop and launch, but also on the quantities you order. To increase your revenue, you're probably better off tightening up your marketing strategy for your existing products rather than launching more products or variations. So those are seven different little changes I've made in my business to be more eco-conscious and sustainable, but there's one more point I want to make in this episode, and it's an important one. So when you're building an eco-conscious brand, you should not stop at just addressing your environmental impact. You also need to look at the way your business impacts or supports marginalized communities. Environmentalism is so closely tied to social justice issues, it's just impossible to really separate them. That's why I think a better term for it is environmental justice. We're not just seeking to improve the environment, we want to ensure that we are all equally distributing both environmental benefits and burdens. Currently, communities of color get less access to environmental benefits, but bear the brunt of environmental burdens. So for your business to truly be built on a foundation of environmental justice, you need to also have initiatives that support these communities and causes. So right now, I just have kind of like two initiatives that I think fall underneath this, but I wanted to walk you through them. So one is that I divest a percentage of my earnings to support marginalized people. I have a monthly program that takes a percentage of my income and donates it directly to families in need of help and helps them pay their monthly bills and living expenses. So it's literally just handing cash to people who need it. Um, A lot of brands will donate like 3% of proceeds or 10% of sales tax to a certain cause or organization, but this also almost always... um, results in a tax deduction for the company. And sometimes it's hard to control how the organizations you donate to actually give to people. And I find direct community support to just have much more impact. So giving money directly to the people who need it is usually does not come with the benefit of the tax deductions, but it's one of the best ways to have a direct impact on the communities around you. 
And then the next program I have is Shoes for Activists. And I think by now you guys know that I love Rothy's. <laughs> I'm a diehard fan over here. <laughs> they're practically the only shoes I wear. I love them because they're super comfortable. You can just toss them in the wash when they need to get cleaned. Um, they also are made out of recycled plastic that's taken out of the ocean. So it helps clean up our waterways. Um, I have a code on my website for $20 off and free shipping. It's on planpodcast.com also if you're looking for it. Um, but clearly I do not need more Rothy's, right? Like I have several, I have all I need. And so a couple of years ago, I started an initiative where when people use that $20 off code and I get credits for new codes, I donate them to people who need them. So like political activists, environmental activists, um, last month, Last month, we donated the pair to a sexual assault survivor because it was Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Um, So just each month, getting shoes into the hands of people who really need them. So now this is a small action, and it might be hard to see the connection between gifting someone a pair of shoes and seeing substantial social change, but it really comes down to taking care of each other and being able to do something nice for people who are fighting ground level for causes that I care about. So I hope that this has been helpful and that no matter what type of business you own, whether it is a paper product business or something else, that this episode will help give you a place to start thinking about both the negative and positive impact your business can have. I'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of The Plan Podcast. In the meantime, you can find show notes along with all past episodes and the discount codes mentioned in today's episode over at planpodcast.com. Thank you for tuning in and making some plans with us today. You can find the show notes for all episodes over at planpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell someone about it by sharing this episode with them and taking a moment to rate us and review us in the App Store. Don't forget, we've got plans next week, and we will see you then.